0: I think one of the biggest battlefields we face as couples is loving our spouse with our thoughts and Mm. like in our mind. I totally agree. Because I can villainize you so quickly in Uh, my head. (laughs) Oh, how quickly? How quickly are we talking here? Don't try to figure it out. It's already already happened. It's It's already happened.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I mean, the thought life of a married person, right, is what we're talking about. And and what we mean by that is exactly what you said how we can kind of vilify each other.
0: Villainize. Villainize. Maybe that wasn't a word. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll run with I it. Meant. We'll go with it. Vilify.
1: And how we can, um, we 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 assume so much about how the other person is and will be and right. what they'll say, how they'll react. And that, if if we let that kind of inform our internal monologue and dialogue that happens between me yeah, and pretend just, Selena. Yeah,
0: if it goes unchecked or it's not intentional, we're just going to like blow yeah. up at each other, right? And then there's a whole nother like underbelly of... You know, purity in time, in in terms of our mind, which we'll touch on, but more of this conversation is is driven on how we can intentionally love our spouses with our thoughts and how we can control those or, or submit those, I guess would be a better word to, to the Lord. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to have that, to have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll
1: see you on the other side.
0: Welcome to the fierce marriage podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in.
1: Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things, marriage, sex, communication, finances, finances priorities, purpose, and everything in between.
0: Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid gospel centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Just trying to get all the words out today. Gotta
1: get the words out. All the words. Living that quarantine life. Yes. That, that socially distanced quarantine life.
0: That's good stuff, though. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, I mean, oh my word, what an unprecedented time mm-hmm. we are in. I think we're in week three of our state being on complete lockdown. Which
0: we are kind of in week like four or five in our, in our home, in I our think. lives, yeah. Because yeah. we kind yeah. of were like, yeah, no, we're not going to do play dates. We're just going to stay home and just not do this for like a week or two before the actual yeah. Washington lockdown, which... I don't know. There's a lot of talk about it. And it we and just got
1: word that they are closing schools now for the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, and it was going to be till the beginning of May. Now it's till, the, till fall. Next fall. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows what's going to happen then because yes. they're saying there's going to be another kind of There might be a little
0: peak, yeah.
1: Man, so we have to kind of come to grips with our own minds, our own mm-hmm. headspace, how we are coping and processing with challenges in life Yeah. in general, dealing with this unique time that we're in given everything that's happened with COVID-19, but also what's happening in our minds as we are kind of put face-to-face with those people mm-hmm. that God has given to us and given right. us to, namely our, namely our spouse. And um, yeah. we'll talk about that primarily today, how we look at each other, also our kids and uh, maybe our neighbors and yeah, the people Yeah, it's easy to let panic proximity. just kind of rule yeah.
0: the roost in your head. And so then it's like, well, just going to, you know, you start doing things and thinking things because you're, you're mm. doing things because you're thinking things, right? So <laughs> you kind of got to step mm. back, I think, from the panic and, I don't know, just think about what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and what does that mean in terms of our spouse. So we'll get to that.
1: That's very good. That's very good. Okay, first, first bit, uh, housekeeping. Please leave a rating and review for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. That's, uh, you know, that's valuable to us. You know. Leave that rating. You know. Leave that review. It means a lot. You know. A little way to pay it forward or pay it back. Pay it, pay it backward. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, the second one is if you have any questions. We're actually getting some really good questions in. Somebody uh, wrote in um, via text, but also uh, through the website. So if you have a question, you can text, call, or fill it out online. We
0: need to bring those back to the, the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Keep our conversation shorter yeah. and then...
1: Yeah, we've ha- we've been kind of hanging by a thread here in terms of it's our true. ability to do thoughtful <laughs> research and having the kids running rampant around the house. So, thanks for your patience, listeners. Go to fierce it's marriage. It's crazy. Go to FierceMarriage.com dot com slash podcast. You can leave a question there, or you can call or text this number. 971-333-1120. Finally, our Patreon supporters have really come through for us, and we're so thankful. If you're a patron, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we couldn't be more blessed and more happy to be on mission with you. If you feel called to be part of the Fierce Marriage Patreon community, uh, we ask two things. You pray about it, and then if God leads you to it, then you act on that. Go to uh Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. That's dot com slash Fierce Marriage. There's some free stuff there for you, including books and rings and all that good stuff. Uh, but don't do it for that. Do it for the cause. It's just a bonus. Do it for the families. Yeah.
0: It's a yeah. bonus.
1: It's a gift. It's our gift to you for your gift to us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nifty gifties. Just some nifty gifties.
1: Nifty gifties. <laughs> okay. So I, I, before we dive into this, I want to do one quick kind of, uh, not on a, I don't know, we did an episode a little while back on adjusting to home life,
0: mm-hmm. and I, I don't know where he's going with this. People, yeah, this is Along not scripted. For the
1: and we got some pushback, and <laughs> I wanted to at least address it. And the pushback, I think, was good. I think it was warranted, and it was. Um, we, I, I think it's an apology because I think we didn't nuance as much, or at least process through our own heads. The differences in scenarios that different parents would be facing in this time, sure, and I think mainly the thing we got pushed back on is how we approached screen time now, to be clear, we let our kids watch movies oh, and people
0: we think we don 't let them watch shows
1: I, I guess i don't know maybe we maybe we made that Let me just sound clarify
0: here because i 'm pretty much the screen time police <laughs> officer in this house <laughs> i 'll just bring some clarity, okay. Um, when they were younger, like three and four, we would try to keep it to like a 10 to 20 minute show, right? Something on like PBS or some educational thing. Uh, we have a lot of thought that goes into what they watch and we're try to be very intentional about it. These days, um, we've been watching a movie as a family at night because and they have no screen time during the day because they honestly don't need it. Um, and some, not, and some,
1: if it's raining out, then that might change. If it's change. raining out,
0: it might change. But there's plenty of things that I can, we can find them to do. True. It's true. Uh, as far as chores and things. So our, our thing, our rule, my rule is that I really try to save that. Mm. Uh, I have them earn it, you know, even through some reading. We try to, it is something that is a tool in our house. Again, it's, and I, and this is no condemnation for anybody. This is just what we do and it works for yeah. us. Um, so I, I really we have created a culture over time where the TV has not been on as much as it felt like it needed to be in the early years because yeah. I was still kind of figuring out homeschooling, parenting and babies. And when we had 202, it was just like, whoa, I don't know what to do. So this is just how there's a, a grace a and yeah. a season for that, of course.
1: And stories have gotten they've, they've evolved in that storytelling through the medium of a screen has gotten actually quite rich in a lot yeah. of ways. It's not the enemy. It's no. it's just something that we don't want to. It's
0: not something we have to be afraid of, and much. it's not something, yeah.
1: And the mom that the mom and the dad that I really want to speak to right now, as a married couple, you hopefully can get unity around this. Again, this is a marriage podcast, so we're going to stay there. Don't worry. Um, but if if you're having to work, you know, another eight hours at home instead of eight hours away, there's a whole lot of complexity around that. And if you need to Absolutely. use the tool of a story on a screen. Um, then you know what? So be it. You're the parents God gave to your kids. Use wisdom and discernment in that. There's no condemnation from us. I just wanted to, I just wanted to voice that because I feel sure, like we didn't nuance yeah, it as yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. as we could have. And we just, we, last thing parents need is to, and married guilty. couples, <laughs> we, we don't need to pile on any more no. shoulds. Like uh, that's just <laughs> the last thing Shoulds or shame need.
0: or anything like that.
1: Shoulds and shame. Shoulds there and you shame. Go.
0: Oh, there you go. That's going to be a Fierce Parenting podcast.
1: <laughs> so a little bit of a sidebar there. So thank you, listeners, for just bearing with us on that. Just know that we hear you. And we, the last thing we want to do is is bring anything other than encouragement toward the gospel, encouragement toward mm. life in Christ right. and how that plays out.
0: So I'm going to so begin, begin this conversation with some hope. So we are transitioning now from talking about that to some hope. And I want to start it with... The fact that we are talking about loving our spouse with our mind, and the first hope that we can have is that God knows our thoughts. He knows us, mm. and he loves us. I'm not saying he may not love all our thoughts, but he knows us the most. Psalm 139, he created our inner being. He wove wove us together. He knows the thoughts behind our thoughts, right? And we can take hope in that because even our most negative mm. Impure, Whatever thoughts that we are dealing with, he hears, knows, and is already at work within us to bring us to holiness, greater holiness in him, right? And so I just want to begin with that hope that this is not a – it's recognizing maybe some negative thought patterns, but this is not a like you're going to – You're going to just suffer for all the bad things that you've been thinking and and you got to hide them from God. Obviously, we can't do that. But I think we do tend to feel shame. And in our own minds, we can kind of feel like God may not love us because of the way we've been thinking about certain things, namely Mm. our spouse for this conversation. So um,
1: that's I mean, that's phenomenal. Think about how freeing that is. To, to embrace that truth that God knows not only my thoughts, but the heart behind the thoughts. Right. Like you said, the thoughts behind the thoughts right. and those inclinations in our hearts. And still, right. and still he has called us unto himself. So that I think, if anything else, it should make you feel loved even more. To know Absolutely. that God is not loving some version of you that you're presenting to him. Right, He's loving a version of us that is, we don't even know. Right, <laughs> And that's... I'm just, I'm a little bit kind of taken back by that in a really good way. So thank right. you for that.
0: You're welcome. Um, so yeah, going to going to the example of Christ, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, he knew everyone's thoughts, which I don't even want to un- begin to understand, <laughs> like walking through a crowd and yeah. he- knowing all of that. Obviously that's a God wow. thing. It's a, uh, it uh, speaks to his omniscience and everything, but we see this in Matthew nine, four and 1225. So when Jesus heals a paral- paralytic. Uh, uh, it says, but Jesus, knowing their thoughts said, you know, why do you think evil in your heart? So he, he talking to the Pharisees, talking right? to the Pharisees. Yes. When they were, when he was about to heal them,
1: they were basically, they were saying you're not supposed to be healing on the Sabbath. Sorry, Right. <laughs> no
0: context. Just <laughs> reading the Bible here. People just <laughs> well, try to keep up. <laughs> just
1: proof texting. No, you're, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're not.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> know how I feel about that. Um, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Um, this is when Jesus, he, he, he was, um, casting out a demon possessed or oppressed man, it says. Uh, the Pharisees heard it and they said, you know, he, Jesus, it says verse 25, uh, Matthew 12, 25, knowing their thoughts, he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and no city or house divided against itself will stand. So again, just illustrating the, the idea that Jesus was walking the earth. He knew the thoughts of man. Um, our God knows our thoughts. We serve an omniscient God. So I'm just trying to illustrate that new fact. But then... In John thirteen thirty four, Jesus gives us a new command, and I think this is a good. This is kind of where our conversation is is centering around mm. is this yeah. new command of uh, loving each other as He has loved us. So this is after He's washed the disciples feet
1: after the last supper after
0: the last supper it's a new commandment
1: which is timely for when we're recording this which is the the i
0: wasn't going to mention it but you said it's the week before easter it is the week before easter so tomorrow's good friday yes this is really timely for us on it thursday um so a new command he says i give to you that you love one another just as i have loved you you also Hmm. you are also to love one another And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Mm. And so these, you know, the commandments of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love each other as as God has loved us. Like that, how, why would he call out the mind, right? Like why would he say love as I have loved? There's got to be a mind and thought aspect to this this way of loving. Hmm. And so I think that we just, we need to like hear Jesus, see Jesus, understand his omniscient abilities, but also again, resting in the hope that God over this whole timeline of the Bible, right? We have Psalm 139. He knows the thoughts he knows. He talks to us about guarding our hearts because it's the wellspring of life. And so I think there's just a lot to sort of uproot and look at and like get our hands in the dirt here to, to kind of figure out exactly how we can love our spouse in our thought life, and maybe how we're not identifying how we're not loving them well, um because you know, just examples with us i I can stew. That's kind of we're I think we're all good at stewing, and especially if we're meant if we're together for long periods of time and it's a new normal, I think there's a lot of mindful stewing that happens <laughs> and battles that happen in our heads that aren't actually real in our mind, like with each other. And so I think that.
1: No, you that's know, good. I'm just. Well, I, I think we tend to discount um, the battlefield that it is. And, right.
0: We yes.
1: And so we tend to think that it's just kind of a fleeting thought, or it's just a thought. I'm not actually acting on it, or saying it, or right. changing my attitude. Well, I think the reality is, is it's changing us more than we realize. Right. And depending on how much we emphasize or de-emphasize that battle, I think we can either experience growth and. You know, we can get some traction and growth on this area or right. we can be uh, unwittingly deceived. OK, so you, you talked about John three, John 13 up on verse one it says, now before the feast, of the Passover. when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. Verse two. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come to God and was going back to God, rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments and he began to wash. Okay, so why did it insert in that little part? It's like he had put, but one, A, Judas ha- is going to betray him and Jesus knows this. Mm-hmm. But there's also in the line that says when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas. Mm-hmm. So there's this insertion. Mm-hmm into the, into his heart. There's, and not that we're all going to betray Jesus in this way, right? This is a unique instance, but I think it speaks to the ability of our enemy to be able to actually inform our thoughts and to speak into our thoughts. We do, we do have the Holy Spirit in us and, and there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said around how the Holy Spirit is a greater voice (laughs) in our hearts and minds. But I just I don't I don't want to be ignorant to that that maybe this is a device that the enemy is going to use is sure. our own thoughts against us sure. and are also our sin nature kind of welling up from from within us. There's parts of our hearts that have yet to be sanctified and, and, right. and given over right. to, to to Christ and to, to to die to
0: ourselves the way we're called to
1: in that certain way. Right. So
0: I think there's the battlefields
1: are real. Is what it I'm trying is, to say. and
0: I think there's a granular just kind of truth we should probably say is that the enemy does not know your thoughts. God knows your thoughts. Mm, God is omniscient. You, he is not. The
1: that's enemy is good. not. And
0: so love that. the thoughts yeah. that may be inserted are probably observations of patterns. I mean, I haven't fully read screw tape letters, but I imagine this is probably along those lines <laughs> yeah. of yeah. the the tools that are being wielded against us, right? And how mm. uh, if, we, if, if our thoughts can be started... If we can get into a tailspin in our head, then the, the actions are going to follow, right? If things start getting into our head that go to our heart, our actions are going to wow. follow, which is why. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, on that note, so you mentioned screw tape Letters. I just finished reading. It's called Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices by, by Thomas Brooks. Um, if you follow me on Facebook, my our, my page on Facebook or on Twitter, I've been quoting Brooks a lot lately. He is to me. It becoming one of my most profound kind of influences. But anyway, he has a book called Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices, and he talks about how the enemy, Satan, will kind of twist our view of sin, mm. and you're, we're talking about thoughts here. So he'll kind of twist our view of bad thoughts, or twist our sugarcoat, mm. or minimize, or in some way, make us forget the sacrifice necessary to to, to cleanse us of that sin, right. and the insidious nature of that sin, and the destructive nature of that sin, and how the creator himself had to become the created yeah. like the way he writes in order to atone for this sin that we can mm. take so lightly
0: one bad thought right
1: yes and so and, and the bible talks about how like guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life why and heart is obviously referring to kind of the it's not your literal literal heart it's kind of the, the core of your, right? yeah. of your of your of your consciousness I mean, basically yeah. and so like guard your mind your heart your your, your consciousness and that, that sounds too new agey. We don't mean to sound that way, but guard it because out of it flows something Mm -hmm. of substance. And so that's what we're getting at is we're basically like looking at identifying these thoughts and learning how to guard. And I think
0: one way the enemy can kind of like sugarcoat our thoughts is to say, um, you know, like, Oh, it's fine. Like I'm, I just, it's fine to think like about, another spouse right or it's fine to like it's not hurting anybody or it's not you just want to I just want to so I'm just gonna do it well the the love of Christ if we f- if we understand first John 419 of like we love because he first loved us loved us and we want to know how we can love more like Christ and in this instance how can we love our spouse how can we love each other with our minds more like Christ well if you look if you understand the love of Christ if you understand how God loves and how it's outlined in the Bible. It is a sacrificial love. It is love that requires something of us. It's unconditional. It is patient. It is, it is, you know, long suffering. And so if we're giving into these thoughts of like, well, I just want to, it's fine. It's not hurting anybody. Right. If, or I don't, or I just, I totally, I hate my spouse so much because they're like this and we're just giving into that anger. We're giving into that, that flesh and that sin. Then, and not saying you're never going to get mad at your spouse or never had bad thoughts, but if those are let loose and those are put in the control of, of how you respond and how you love your spouse, um, we are, we are not really truly loving them. That, that calls into question of us actually loving them. We are more so giving into our flesh, more so giving into those thoughts, um, and not laying that down saying, you know what, maybe there's more happening here than I understand. Maybe if, if Christ Romans 5, 8 reminds that he died while we were still sinners. And so he knew all of these things, which I feel like should should bolster our hope and our faith in knowing mm. that we can we will have these hard, ugly, impure giving into mm. sin type thoughts towards our spouse um, and within our marriage. But he still loves us. He still wants to work this out in us. And, and we can have hope in that. We can cry out to him and say, search me and know my anxious thoughts, God. In Psalm 139, know me. God, help us with our thought tendencies. Help mm. us to ones that are not honoring to you. Holy Spirit, show me how to. Submit these thoughts and and give me the direction and tools, Lord, on how I can begin honoring my spouse in in my mind. Because right now all I see is, you know, X, Y and Z and I'm super frustrated or I I can't I don't want to be married to them anymore. Or some, you know, there's a lot of just on the spectrum of hurt. There's a lot to be said there.
1: I appreciate you going through that. I've, I've recently had some some struggles mentally. With you know, you and I know about this. Just, uh, I mean, I, I talked about it a little bit last week too. Is kind of getting in my own head about, mm-hmm. namely, in comparing mm-hmm. and finding my confidence, my identity in our my or our accomplishments.
0: Mm-hmm. Isn't sorry, really quick. Isn't it crazy how it how quickly it will just shut you down? Oh, from like the rest of your day, the rest of the things you're supposed I can see to do, it coming. and the people. That's the thing. And is I'm that,
1: like, this is going to derail my day, and I can't stop it. I, but I, I don't feel like I can. Right. And here, you know, we always talk about Psalm 41, 42. I don't know if you mentioned it later, but uh, it's, why are you cast down on oh, my soul? I that do, reminder yeah. mm-hmm. to your, to your soul saying, what are you, what is wrong with you? Like rejoice right. in, in this greater truth that right. you, what you're saying, you're loved by God and in ways that are even beyond our own comprehension. Right. And so there's, I mean, it's like our daughters, we love them in ways they'll never realize yes until maybe they have kids of their own and then they start to kind of see a glimpse of that perspective yes and um so i'm just thankful that you're reminding you're reminding me that that it's there's hope in that chaos in your own mind when you feel like you're you're spiraling you're going down a path towards your spouse in life in general right in a way that will cut in in some subjects because when i'm you know, when I get kind of out of sorts in yeah. this, it affects our relationship.
0: Yeah, it's it is and so, hard to pull you out. To be honest, it's hard to like.
1: I have to give it to God. That's yes, the only that's yes. the only respite I have. Right. is to say, God, I give this to you. I trust you. I trust that you're enough for me. Mm-hmm. I trust whatever that insecurity is that I'm feeling. Like right. I have to find security in Him because I have no security. And else as for. a wife, and, it's
0: easy for me to give try answers like that. But at the same time, it's easy. I need to say this is our, this is your battlefield. Like remind you, this is the big battlefield that you face. Yeah. God is bigger. He is greater. Mm-hmm. Let's how can I, can, do you want to read the Bible together? Do you want to like memorize scripture together? How can we like defeat and diffuse this situation? Because you, yeah. you see it and feel it. And so we'll kind of I, to, walk, just to
1: address that, because yeah. the thing that softens my heart is when this I is actually will turn to, to Christ like that. I can't make you turn. You can't No. There's nothing you can do. As my, even though you are more than anyone else on this planet can speak into my heart clearly, yeah, without a doubt. And that's
0: hard as a wife, I think, cause There's, it's hard to sit there and be. That's like, what wait, sin for, does. wait for the Lord to just, is it begins yeah. to harden the yeah. heart
1: and sear that, that mm. part of you that hears your spouse. And until I'm, until I give that to you, my savior, my mm-hmm. King, and I submit it, I bring it to his feet and I, I lay it before him and say, this, this is death. Give me your life. hmm. This is hopelessness. Give me your hope. This is turmoil. Give me your peace. Until by the Holy Spirit, by his grace, he says, Come to me. Absolutely. You are weary. Come to me. Until I do that, then then you'll never get through.
0: A quick. (laughs) Oh, yes. I figured this out many times. (laughs) A quick caveat to so I've been reading Jenny Allen's book, Get Out of Your Head. A good friend uh, sent it to me, and it's been super. Informative. She's an incredible writer. Um, I'm sad to say that this is the first book I've read by her because I feel like I should have been reading more of her.
1: Bestseller, 10 weeks running, apparently. She's,
0: it's, she's incredible. Yep. And I just want to do a quick caveat because she does one in her book that this, that our, that our podcast here of saying like, you know, change your thoughts and control your thoughts and give them to God. This is not under the umbrella anxiety, depression, like this is not sure. mental behavior. Yeah, this is a prescription. Here's how you change, right? This is, we are not that podcast. There are, there are things that we, each of us face at different levels that may require a counselor or medicine or someone else, a pastor. Some, there's, there's, there's big, Traumas you can't just and hurts. Pull yourself out so of it. Yeah. yes. So please take what we're saying again with this caveat. Knowing us, knowing our hearts, that we are not trying to put a band aid on some past abuse or something. There, we absolutely believe in counselors, in um, good. In, in medicine and help. So, uh, just to throw that out there, lovingly to remind people that we are not trying to gloss over anything. We're yeah. we're trying to deal with our thought life around um, our spouse and the tendencies that we face. And I think, you Mm. know, to get tangible, we sort of, at least for you and I, like whenever I, I hear always and never in my head. And so when it comes out of my mouth, it's so obvious Uh. that I've been like stewing in the always and the never, right? You never do this. You always do this, which is our favorites.
1: And then if I'm in my, if I, if I have my wits about me, I'll just fire back with the, (laughs) well, you never do. And that's super productive, isn't it?
0: It's either that or it's (laughs) give me an example. And I'm like, always just always, (laughs) Always and never. Isn't that you, just such a like...
1: Well, because he'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, you never help out around the house. And I'm like, I literally just did the dishes like the last three Do you wanna, nights. I don't know if
0: we should talk about that because... Oh, I, three l- nights? Are you sure? You just mark
1: my words. <laughs> I'm, okay,
0: we're not doing tit for tat. This is not a chore. No, chart. here it goes. Do not have chore charts in your marriage. <laughs> Maybe it works for you. It's fine. Doesn't work for us because we just keep score too much, too closely. Um, anyways, avoiding those those mental conversations of always and never. And if you hear those words in your head, start to question them. Start to apply grace to your heart and your mind, and say, okay, don't use always and never. I need to find out. I need to figure out what's going on more because this is not. This is not going to lead down a good road. Always and never. Don't take those streets. Um, also, I think that they, we, we tend to do this me versus you, right? That always and never brings out the me versus you. And again, we're on the same team and it frustrates me when you say that when I'm fighting with you, I'm like, no, we're not clearly on the same team, <laughs> but yes, we are on the same team. And I think we have to remember that in those heated moments and maybe even remind each other of it, even though it's frustrating that we are on the same team and possibly the thoughts you're thinking may be wrong, or maybe the thoughts you're thinking are accurate, In some ways, but they're not going to be productive coming out in such a raw form, if that makes sense. Mm. Like we need to if you're feeling some sort of discontentment with your spouse, if you're feeling frustration towards them, bring it to the Lord. Let go of it a little bit because I'm sure you're just holding on white knuckle in it because that's what I do. Maybe you're not like me. Maybe you're just perfect. <laughs> but anyways, you're white knuckle in it. And the best thing we can do is is bring it to God and let the dust settle a little bit because we start dehumanizing our spouse. We start getting divisive in our... We just start... The unity starts breaking down. We start remembering that we're not on the same team. We're remembering it wrong. <laughs> And then we start, we can even like get manipulative in those, in those ways. Like I just Mm. feel like there's these, these, these circles of like, it's like a concentric circle. You start, it starts out with a bad thought and then you start stewing with the always and never. And then you start, you know, categorizing and dehumanizing your spouse a little bit. And then you start getting real, real divisive. And then you're like, I'm just going to manipulate because I know he's going to do this. Like you start anticipating what's going to (laughs) happen.
1: And then I walk in the room. I'm like, hey, how you doing? (laughs) She's like, oh, you (laughs) everything you've just done. is
0: Yes. Yes. And so then in that in that moment, we need to remember Jesus's example. He knew so much more. He actually knew not sort of knew or thought that he knew like (laughs) me, but he actually knew what was happening. And so I think, again, This this we can go to Jesus, we can go to him and talk and ask him to help us. And I, I want you to talk about this next point a little bit about how, because it's like, it, it's it's these positive thinking versus like mind renewal and like agency over our thoughts, but like self-control, all of that. Like how do we, mm. the Bible instructs us in our thoughts in many ways. And you mentioned Psalm 42, obviously Romans 12 too. Uh, we also have Philippians 4 because we're talking about... When you hear the you know the phrase positive thinking, mm. it's very just kind of rubs it can rub you the wrong way as a believer. It, it rubs me the wrong way anyways cuz I'm just like there are you can't positive can't put a positive thinking band-aid over like a deep wound, right? You have to go down, clean it out, figure it out a little bit, take some time. But at the same time Philippians 4 It says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, like rejoice. And it says to whatever is is true and honorable and just and pure. It says think about these things. Like whatever is commendable and lovely. So Mm. it's not necessarily saying like ignore what's happening around you and just think about these things. It's saying think about these things in light of Jesus, in light of the gospel, in light of the hope that you have.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, and and the part that you want me to speak to, I trust is like kind of that contrast between.
0: Yeah, because I can what, get to like, well, stewarding our minds versus, you know, just because I think there's a part of us that like wants to control it. Right. We want to be able to turn them on and off. Hmm. And I'm sh- I feel like there is like, but we still are allowed to fight battles within our heads because I think the Lord can use those obviously just to bolster our faith and to strengthen our yeah. Our trust in him or whatever. And so how do we how do we use our God given agency over our minds uh in our marriages versus just like how are we stewarding those well, I guess. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um I think the contrast to be made is between just you have it in quotes quote unquote positive thinking mm-hmm. and renewing one's mind. Uh why would we be called to be about the business of renewing? mind renewing our minds what does it be transformed okay so maybe we're not about the business we're, we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Mm. so are we the ones actually doing the renewing
0: right uh, yes
1: and no right the holy spirit's at work in us and he's sanctifying us and as we read the word our our minds are renewed as we as we affix our eyes on jesus our minds are renewed our affections are stirred for him and those affections are no longer stirred for other things so there is an a kind of an automatic renewal that happens over time and through the sanctification process There is, But there's the other side of it, which is like how much agency do I have over, right. over my own minds and, and will pause it's positive thinking the, the, the trail that I need to take right. to a more renewed mind. And so we came, uh, I don't know, given our background, we're kind of sensitive to this, but like, we're not talking about like name it, claim it, you know, like if you can envision it, you can, you know, make it, it real. Make it, yeah. That's new age thinking. And that's yeah. not biblical thinking. We have even our minds. You know, I think what we're trying to say is our minds are even susceptible to to the contamination of sin. Absolutely. And, and so there's this sense that if I recognize my thought patterns as as imperfect, I can then submit those. It's not a matter of me then muscling my way into thinking more positive thoughts about my wife because i want to somehow enact a change in your heart right it's more about submitting those thoughts to christ making them obedient to the word of god Mm -hmm. like in psalm 41 42 or 42 43 i can't remember telling my soul what and and telling my soul to rejoice in Mm -hmm. this greater truth and then then living out and thinking out that truth to its full extent because that's where it starts when we are able to say to ourselves why are you downcast? Or why are you thinking this way about your yeah, spouse? Yeah. That is the seed of, of, of healthy growth. When I can look at you and say, why am I thinking these thoughts about you? You are not only a daughter of God, you are the woman he's given to me. You're the woman I fell in love with. You're mm-hmm. the woman I still love. And I choose to love. You're the woman I'm in a covenantal relationship with. You're the, you're the woman that we have a family together, whether it's, whether you have kids or not, you're a family. Right. right. And so, that so telling myself why am I downcast? Yeah. Why am I seeing you this way when you are when you are clearly someone who is of value, worth, and importance in God's eyes, and therefore he should be in mine. Right. And so then I can start to actually think through this in a in a in a positive way instead of like you said earlier, I wanted to spend some time on it dehumanizing you. Right. And forgetting your humanity. And when I say humanity, I don't mean you know you're a Homo sapien. I mean right. you are somebody who is created by God for His specific. Purposes for his specific right. affections, for his specific, for
0: we forget that we know each other. We forget that we are created in yes. God's image, just like Eve forgot in the garden that she was already mm. like more like God than she ever would be. Right, and the enemy comes along and says, "Ah, uh, let me just question that for you. Let me just, you know, run some thoughts by you here, real quick." Yeah. Um And I absolutely think that you you nailed it too about these thoughts that we have for each other and why we think that. I mean. Uh, while we were doing some research, uh, we went to the Gottman's Institute. I'm sure everybody's heard of it. They're like the relationship gurus. Uh, they they wrote about how there's the four horsemen: critical, contempt, defensiveness, and Stonewall. These are ways that we um, can think about our spouse, or these are patterns that that de- manifest like division um, within our our marriage. And they said the biggest one is contempt. Okay,
1: let me let me lay it. Sorry. Okay what the four horsemen are, is there four indicators that basically your marriage is headed in an unhealthy direction? Yes. Yes. So like the four horsemen of a broken relationship, right. basically um, those are my words, but yes. that's what the horsemen are. And you said crit- criticalness, contempt, right. defensiveness, and Stonewall. stonewalling. Right. Okay.
0: And they said the biggest factor that they see and, and helps them to potentially determine the outcome of a marriage is the level of contempt, um, which, Contempt. I think we should define here real quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Contempt. I mean, what it's almost like a, uh,
0: it looks, it's, it's, it's where you're just, you're treating others with disrespect. It's, it's you, you mock them or you're using sarcasm as a forms of contempt or hostile humor, name calling mimicking. This is from their website or body language, such as eye rolling and sneering. So you're, you're made to feel as a spouse, despised and worthless basically.
1: Here's the dictionary definition: the feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration, worthless, or deserving scorn.
0: Right, and so scorn means. Let's look up (laughs) scorn real fast. Michael scorn or Michael scorn. Scorn
1: Scorn is the feeling or belief that someone or something is worthless or despicable. Right. Okay, so that's what contempt is. When you start to view someone, view your spouse as someone who's worthless, and that's what we just talked about. If we forget that you are someone who's not worthless, you're worthy. You're you're filled with worth because, not because I say so, not because you say so, not because anyone says so other than God himself who has filled you with value, worth, and importance. So contempt is the opposite of that. And in
0: our pride, we can start acting in contempt towards you, towards our spouse. If we are not submitting and reminding ourselves that we... We, too, are human. Like, we are all made in the image of God. So what does that do? And so one thing they did say, and you hit this again um, earlier in our conversation, is when, when they see contempt in a relationship, they typically try to lead people to tell them their story, to go back about how they met. Yes. Yeah. Because when we look back at, at our story and how God brought us together and some of those earlier, newer, fresher days, maybe, of the of our relationship— that is where you see two hearts really, be, really being brought together in unity. They they become mm. less defensive. There's less like critical voices happening, right? You because mean by they recanting their story, by recanting less their story, defensive. absolutely, absolutely. Gotcha. And I feel like that's one tool that we can, if you're taking inventory of kind of your thought life in your marriage, and you're finding yourself being super critical, you're f- you're feeling that contempt right within your mind, and you're getting defensive about it, like. I would, I would honestly bring that to your spouse. I would repent, and I would say, let's talk about our story or a favorite memory. Like, and not just to, again to gloss over. I'm not saying you just flip a switch, but like over, over this time of saying, I'm sorry that I was thinking these things about you. And once your spouse is, you know, forgiven you, and you feel like there's the time and space to begin now talking about happier things, talk about your story. Remind yourselves of where you met, how you met, some funny things while you were dating. To just kind of warm your relationship back up because yeah. I think it takes a little bit of time after we've been maybe in this like mental space of being so critical, holding our spouse, you know, like in content. We're just not holding, content. <laughs> <laughs> but holding our spouse like hostage in our mind, right? We are just like so mad at them and we're so right all the time and they are so wrong and yeah. why are they not like this and just comparison sleeps in and I think that we just – we rob our we get robbed of the joy that our our spouse yeah. is
1: by by going back and talking through how you met and it it does exactly what you just said is it kind of like it rehumanizes them and it reminds you and it it takes you away from that common that rut that that kind of neural pathway that you're used to going down that habit of thinking right back to okay oh my goodness this is actually the person I mean, another thing to do, and this is maybe something really tangible, listener, if you want to try this, sit across from your spouse (laughs) and just look, okay, for five minutes. It's not a blinking contest. It's (laughs) it's not a staring contest. You can blink. Uh, But just stare and just sit across and just look into each other's eyes and do not break eye contact for five minutes.
0: That's hard. And don't say anything. I'm so awkward about eye contact. Okay. I don't know what it is. But you know
1: why it's hard? Because it makes you feel vulnerable. Yes. And it makes you feel like...
0: Don't look at me. (laughs) Okay,
1: <laughs> so do that for five minutes and see what happens in terms of the how you five start five
0: minutes stare and how you <laughs> to the fifteen second kiss.
1: Yeah, so or not, <laughs> but but what it does is yeah. it ends up actually it it, it kind of like it's disarming. It, it melts you. It starts yeah. to melt that that or break apart that yeah. rough exterior. Yeah, till you actually start seeing each other in this new way. Right,
0: so. and I think it's a good reminder, you know, to just understand the weight of our thoughts that our lives can be transformed by the renewing of our minds and not by our own power but by the power of the holy spirit hmm. it is possible and we see that obviously in romans 12 there's two of the 10 commandments that deal with thoughts and i didn't understand i didn't realize this um until i was reading on gotquestions.org of course because it's just such a great resource But the first commandment is like, you'll have no other gods before me. And I'm like, man, how many times do I idolize things in my head more than I do with my voice or like my actions? Mm. But like in my mind, social media just makes gods like available all the time, you know? So it's like, whoa, that was very mind blowing for me. And then, um, which leads to commandment number 10 of coveting.
1: Sorry. I was thinking this morning, I had some shower thoughts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say Ryan's shower thoughts, but I don't know. That's probably (laughs) TMI right there. And I
1: was thinking about how, man, I was just this i'm not trying to this isn't every day but today i was like man god i just want to know your word so much more i just need it i want to get it in me i want to like the proverb by the proverb says write it on the tablet of my heart Mm. then i was like what does it mean to write on the tablet of your heart what does it even mean it's like well (laughs) memorize it that means actually let it bear weight on the source of your own life Mm. We, we write all kinds of stuff on the tablets of our heart all day
0: right right
1: and yeah, so stirring your affections in this way. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I wanna we wanna close this conversation with five ways you can kinda take control of your thoughts. Um, and we'll post this article there, but it's it says it's basically from GodQuestions.org of taking control of your thoughts. And what you're saying is exactly the first step is being God's word daily and consistently. Like mm. let, knowing it, letting it bear fruit in your life, uh, submitting to it, being in God's word so that when a sinful thought enters or temptation, then we'll be able to recognize it and, That's good. and battle that field.
1: I don't want to gloss over that because okay. a lot of people listening to this might not understand exactly what to do to be in God's Word consistently. Sure. And they may have even tried and have felt like they can't stick to it, they they fail. And so um, I, I, I don't want to get in. I don't want to. There's actually another podcast episode on this. I yeah. think it's like um, Reading God's Word reading together. Reading God's Word together. Yeah. But basically, w- Pick a book and just determine okay. to do a certain amount of time or length of chapter, yeah. like a, a chapter a book or the two. Bible. Yeah. Pick a book of the Bible. Uh, if you don't know where to start, John's a great spot. Yep. Romans is a great spot. Um, I, don't, I don't usually recommend someone starts at Genesis and where it reads <laughs> all the way through because there actually is a, you need a little bit more literacy to do that in terms of biblically speaking. Sure, yeah. So just start there. Yeah, and let then, it
0: wash over you. You always say to like, let it bear weight, like let it read you and just, just. Let it
1: inform how you actually yes. see the world and how you how you believe in God. Don't even, don't bring your own opinions to it. And
0: there's something about yeah. repetition. If you just read even the same chapter over and over again during the week, there's something about it that starts getting into your heart. It gets into your head first, right, and then it gets into your heart, gets into yeah. your into your soul. So don't be afraid to read things more than once all the time. And pretty Get soon it. it's
1: pretty soon it starts affecting how you think. Absolutely, and how you see the world. Yeah.
0: The second one is to live in dependence uh, on the Holy Spirit and. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and I'm just going to read this one. It's a short one. It says, Chiefly through seeking his strength through prayer, uh, if we rely upon our own strength, we will fail. There's a bunch of Bible verses in there that um, reiterate that. So, living independence in the Holy Spirit. The third one is, Don't feed our minds with things that promote sinful thoughts. Seems (laughs) obvious, right? But. I mean, we are, we probably wouldn't label certain things as promoting simple thoughts like Instagram or Facebook, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: Oh man. Have you seen the, the data's come out, uh, how social media affects mental well being? and spoiler alert, it's not good for your brain.
0: (laughs) Well, you were reading Job and there's a Bible verse 30, Job 31, one that states, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? Do you remember reading that? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to tell us the context about that real quick? Real um, quick? Well, no? Job
1: is such a land... It's such a minefield. It, okay. I don't know exactly where that came from, but I remember reading that and... Job 31 one. Okay, so it's in the middle <laughs> and he's, argue, he's arguing with his friends. Right, right. And... Um, his friends are accusing him of unholiness and that's why he's right. being cursed and all this right. kind of stuff. And Job's basically saying like, you're terrible, you're terrible helpers. Yes. This is not the reason why I'm experiencing this and all that. And there's a lot to be said about trusting God and that And Job's just having to like right. justify himself. Well,
0: and but- I think that that speaks to this as well of like not feeding our minds with things that will promote sinful thoughts, but also not being around people who would probably encourage us to go down those paths in our minds. Right. Uh, we all know who those people are. Uh, that would say, yeah, it's fine. Mm. You're good. Oh, did you see this? You know, kind of thing. So, uh, the fourth one is to pursue hard after God, replacing sinful thoughts with godly pursuits and mindsets.
1: Hmm. So, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? What does that mean? How do I pursue hard after God? Well, I think it's just what we were. T- what we talked about this whole time is basically saying, why are you cast down on my soul? Right. Like correcting. Here's the thing: is you have a brain and you can use it. You can use it. Right. As a as a weapon.
0: It's yeah. And
1: so. When somebody is like when I start to get all out of sorts with my wife and I start thinking and stewing and getting <laughs> and getting upset and yes. thinking about all the ways I'm going to fight. Yeah. I can say to myself, fight for your wife, not against yes. your wife. Yes. Why are you fighting against your wife? You need to fight for her. Right. Yes. The conflict right now needs to be worked out, but you can fight for her in that conflict. You don't have to fight against her in it. Right. And so you can pursue hard after God in that. hmm. By, by resigning it to him and and, right. and resigning this, your pride is usually the hardest part.
0: Totally. And this <laughs> is the, this is talking about too like the replacement. So resigning and then replacing those thoughts, right? And yeah. when we're tempted to lust, right? Or we're tempted to um, do something wrong in our minds, just putting off those actions and putting on the godly actions like in Ephesians 4, uh, 22, not just, not just putting off – sinful thoughts like i'm not going to think about this right it's replacing those thoughts with what with with god godly things i mean, mm. that sounds weird godly things um the things of god the things of god. <laughs> <That sounds laughs> you know better. what i mean replace the the things yes all the things so pursue yeah. hard after god through you know recognizing and replacing um and resigning ourselves to god and the last one is we can fe- we can use fellowship with other christians uh, the way God intended. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yes.
1: And so how what does that look like? Uh, Hebrews 10. Ahead, yeah. Hebrews ten twenty four says, And let us consider how we may spur one another mm. on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. Which is a little bit bizarre to read in light of everything we're going through right now with COVID-19. Well, we're meeting but,
0: together via Zoom. <laughs> well,
1: but it's, yeah. I know. So I know. He, there's, a, there's a literal gathering. Then there's like a heart gathering for that sure, happens. For sure. And so... I think there's a way to honor God without dishonoring the authorities and the magistrates he's put in place, which in our state they've told us not to meet. Right. Now, there's a lot of debate uh, with really smart people about... Hey, the Christians should be able to meet anyway. We're not meeting with our church right. physically. So we're meeting with them in heart. Yeah. And so we, and we actually, we are being exposed to them in that way right, and actually right. being honest and using, using is a bad word, I think, but using that fellowship the way God intended. Right. Let me recap these real fast. Okay. Five kind of five ways we can take control of our own thoughts. The first one being God's word daily. The second one, live in dependence, live in dependence on the Holy spirit. Third one is don't feed our minds with things that promote, sinful thoughts um my sidebar there if you're an alcoholic don't sit in the the don't park in the parking lot of a liquor store right like you know you know it's going to lead you down that path right. i don't go on instagram late at night because it doesn't it never, never leads well. to health no nope. never it
0: takes away your precious sleep that you need takes away sleep it
1: takes away <laughs> my my peace of mind and yes. it it honestly is constantly pulling me towards sin yeah because there's whether it's coveting oh, whether it's lust yeah. whether it's so like, why would I only in foolishness do I open, will I open that app after 8 PM? Only, <laughs> only in foolishness. In foolishness. <laughs> so, okay. That's the, that's a sidebar. Uh, the fourth one is we are to pursue hard after God. Maybe instead of opening Instagram, we open our Bibles. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay we're there. only laughing because we are saying that that's the so inner dialogue that happens with <laughs> yes. us and it can be so prescriptive yes but you know what it, it wouldn't be true. a bad thing to wouldn't do wouldn't be a bad thing all
1: right the fifth one is we can use fellowship with other christians the way god intended right, right and i so, think
0: yeah. yeah just understanding that fellowship is that like it's not just confessing but it's also like help me find the path forward in my thought life towards my spouse or in about my marriage mm. So um, and
1: being vulnerable in that, yeah. asking your your friends and your, yeah. your mentors to speak into that and take their their advice seriously, right? Right. And put it to work. Don't just don't just let them say the words. Don't but just let them say the use words. The words they use say. the
0: words. All right. Why don't you pray us out? I think there's enough here for a couple to figure out how to. Kind here's of... A, go ahead.
1: Here's the challenge. I'm just gonna say <laughs> okay. it.
0: Okay. Try
1: st- do the five minute stare. Okay. Do the five minute stare. Do it. We're, I think we've got time. We actually, you and I have time in the next twenty four hours because our our daughters are actually two
0: of the three. Two
1: of the three are with Grammy, who has been quarantined. We've been quarantined, so Don't it's all worry. safe. Don't worry. Uh, but we have like twenty four hours, so let's take five minutes and do the five minute stare. I'm really curious, <laughs> so and long. then maybe I'll do I'm a write up on
0: you can really giggle good. that's okay and then i'm gonna probably cry and then just go through all the emotions
1: <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i don't even have to stare at her <laughs> he i get all the emotions just, just thinking about it
0: <laughs> see see how powerful your thoughts are <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> all right so yeah try the five minute stare uh i think it will help you and and, and do right in if you do it right in go to fierce podcast. Submit a question, but write it in. I want to hear. Okay, I'm getting the I'm getting the whirly whirly the
0: whirly twirly finger. Well, we got to do an interview after this, so we do.
1: We have three minutes. Okay, Lord, I thank you for this, uh, just the truth and the ability you've given us to battle uh, for thoughts that are honoring to you and are for healthy (laughs) that are healthy for us. for healthy living. I don't know. <laughs> God, thank you. Mm. Um, thank you so much for your grace over um, over this area of our lives. I pray that you continue to open our minds, open our hearts, open our, our eyes to see maybe areas that we need to um, more readily submit to you. Mm. I pray that you give us uh, the courage to um, to do so and do do so humbly. God, mute our pride, mm. God, and help us to hear loudly your voice, your call into a living in a way that is wise and honoring to you. Pray for marriages that are struggling right now that you would uh, bolster their strength, bolster Mm -hmm. their hope and their peace and their joy. I pray that they would see you clearly and in doing so, they would see each other more clearly in the way you see them. And if they're in conflict or they're apart or if Mm -hmm. any way they're divided, I pray that you would reconcile them, Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. And they would know, know at the bottom of their hearts that it was you who brought them together. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Don't forget, leave a rating or review if you feel so inclined. We thank you for it in advance, and we will see you in a few days. This episode is? In the can. All
0: right. Until next time. Stay fierce.
1: Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast.